Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KTRH Garden Line does not necessarily endorse any of the products or services advertised on this program. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to KTRH Garden Line with Skip Richter. Good Sunday morning on a good day for gardening. You are listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are here to answer your gardening questions. Uh, Perhaps it's a plant identification, a problem diagnosis, uh, just suggestions maybe for a vegetable garden or floral bed. Any kind of horticultural questions, fair game. I love visiting with gardeners about things going on in the lawn, and there is a lot going on in the lawn, in the vegetable garden, landscape right now. If you'd like to give us a call, our phone number is 713-212-5874, 212-5874. And we are going to start this morning by heading out to Hobby to talk to Finise. Finise, congratulations on being the first caller on Garden Line on an early Sunday morning. Are you there? All right. Well, while we try to get Venice back here on the air. Are you there? Yes, sir. Good. What can we talk about this morning? Well, I uh, ended up going to get some of those trees that were given away by, uh, I forgot the organization, but I got three pecan trees. And uh, obviously they weren't being watered while they were there. But when I got home, some of the leaves were already turning black on the tip. And, you know, uh, so, but I watered them because I I want to make sure that I uh, put them in the ground the proper way, at mm-hmm. least try to. 
and, uh, and they're actually being given away to uh, one of my uh, wife's relatives. Uh, they okay. lost, uh, well, they lost their, their brother, but either way, and uh, so they moved out to the country, and uh, they don't have any trees there, but I'm going to give them the three pecan trees. Okay. And I want to know more or less what to do. Are these trees growing in containers right now? Is that how you yes, got they're, them? They're, they're gallon containers. Okay. Well, uh, I'd hold on to them just a little bit, see if you can get them back on their feet. Um, adequate water in the container. And it, it uh, yes, you know, I can't tell you how much to apply or how often to apply it because uh, depending right. on whether it's in sun or shade, whether the container drains super well or not well at all. I mean, there's just a lot of variables, but just you can dig your finger down in the soil in the container a couple of inches and if you feel it and it feels moist it's okay if you if you feel it and it's now yeah, getting a little little on the drier side go ahead and give it another watering in general they're probably gonna have to water them about once a day maybe every two days depending on how big the tree is how many leaves it has and how big the container is but one I, of them is at least four foot tall okay. the other one they're somewhere like three foot tall okay but uh, I, I want, they're going up toward the Cleveland area. Is what kind of soil do I need? Well, it, it just I, I don't know that you need it. it. It's like they're already in a container. They've got their mix. When you get them up there to plant them, uh, if you can give them a soil that is not a heavy clay, uh, and, and up in that area, there's a lot of sandy loams and silty sands and stuff like that. But anyway, just a, a well-drained soil, but a soil that, that has some moisture to it. You know, if it's a deep, deep sand, pecan trees are not going to be as happy. They're going to be drought-prone in that. Uh, so uh, just plant them at the exact same depth that they were in the nursery. However deep that cylinder of soil and roots are, that's how deep the hole should be, not an inch deeper. Uh, if anything, they could be, you know, where the topmost root is right at the soil line. So, in other words, you have to build up some. Is what is we're trying to say that uh, don't don't put them too deep. In other words, yeah, don't don't put them too deep. Uh, that's not good for any plants. But uh, you know, pecans are not going to like that very much. Uh, just uh, you know, when you get through planting and walk away. What was the top of the soil in the container should still be the top of the soil. You know, it shouldn't be higher, oh, okay. lower, or anything. I mean, you know, if the, if yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, the top root tells you kind of where to plant it. Actually, that that's the best way to go. All right, yeah. all right. I appreciate that, sir. All Thank right, you. well, good. Good luck with your trees. Thank you. Bye bye. Appreciate that call. We are going to head out now to Kingwood, but first let me give you the number if you'd like to call in, 713-212-5874. And let's head out to Kingwood and talk to Angelo. Well, good morning, Angelo. How are you today, sir? I'm well, thank you. Okay, great. Hey, I've been gardening the same plot now for probably close to, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Uh, my jalapenos grow great. My uh, Italian peppers grow great. Uh, my Hungarian peppers grow great, but my green bell peppers, I grew them about five years ago, a couple, two years in a row, gets lots of flower, bears no fruit. Well, I tried it again this year, and it's the same thing. 
everything's growing great. I got heavy, or getting good produce out of a good, uh, good product out of the peppers. But the bell peppers, the green bell peppers, flowers fall off and no fruit. Is there something I'm missing? Is it a different makeup of pepper or what? Because it just doesn't bear fruit. Well, it's very strange. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't pep- understand it. Yeah, same species of plant. So correct. I. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why that would be. I mean, it, pollination is obviously occurring uh, on Correct. on in the pepper patch. Um, but the thing that gets me is, it, three or four years ago, it did the same thing. I took a break. I said, I'm not going to waste my time or money. And now this year, the plants are very healthy looking, just mm-hmm. no fruit. Yeah. What kind and of, we're early what enough kind of, in the season where, you know, certainly the heat and things like that are not bothering, stressing the plants. Mm-hmm. The leaves look good, healthy. Uh, that's a stumper. I, I don't, you know, with some plants, we can push the nitrogen enough to affect effective fruiting and fruit set. It's just mm-hmm. not the likely, what you're describing, that's a little bit grabbing at straws, but it's a possibility. Um, I don't know. What do you remember the variety uh, that you got out there? Yeah, it's, it's Bonnie Bonnie plants. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, the Bonnie oh. folks they have a they have a bunch of different varieties that they right. Oh, it's not. That, it's just a. Uh, it's just a just a bell green bell pepper. It's not a uh, California Wonder or anything like that. It's just their green bell pepper. I was wondering if I would put some triple thirteen. You know, I usually spread it out between the plants and put some uh, grass over top, and it just fertilizes. I wonder if that could be a problem, or that could be a solution. Let me let me think on this one, Angelo. Can you hold till after break? I need to take a break right here, and let's come back yeah. and finish this discussion. Yeah, All sure. Right. Thank you. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter. Our number, 713-212-5874. Good Sunday morning on a good Sunday for gardening, being outside and getting some fresh air. I plan this afternoon on doing a little bit of that myself. We've been talking to Angelo this morning and want to come back here to see if we can continue this conversation. Angelo, I I was thinking about what you were saying. What would be the difference between the different peppers you have? And certainly... Varieties and species are different, but um, one other difference is is um, bell peppers are a little more persnickety about the temperatures. Now, we've had good temperatures, but if it ever drops below 60 for sure, uh, they're going to have trouble with fruit setting. And we've had a few kind of crisp nights, so depending on when you put them out, you know, when they had the blooms on them and when we had some of those crisper nights, that could be a factor. And I know that's just a little bit of a stretch because overall we've had good weather. But that's about the only thing I can think of right now that would be di- distinguishing between your your different kinds of peppers where only the bells are not setting fruit. Right. So only the bells. And like I said, it's been below 60 a few times and they've been out maybe probably going on, you know, three weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just amazing how just one plant does. So let me ask you one more question. Fertilizing my peppers, I usually don't do it, but sometimes I will put some, like I said, triple 13 in between the rows and Mm -hmm. cover it with my grass clippings. What other fertilizer? I have those uh, containers that go on your hose, like miracle Grow. Mm -hmm. What do you suggest for just overall spraying and fertilizing? Well, I would say overall... 
Yeah, I wouldn't do a one 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 ratio unless a soil test says, "Wow, you're low in phosphorus." Otherwise, I'd keep that middle number a, a little more, a little lower down, depending on the kind of soil you have. So it's kind of hard to say this is the exact fertilizer you need. Now you can go out there and uh, find something that's like a vegetable fertilizer and that would mm-hmm. certainly be a good choice and uh, sometimes those have a little higher phosphorus in them. Uh, but I tell you, I use a wide variety of things on my vegetables and they just mm-hmm. do well. They do well. The The main stay for me is putting a lot of compost into the soil when I'm working up a bed to replant the next crop. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you can use a slower release fertilizer. I, I like to do that to give them a little more gradual feed. You just don't want to overdo it. But I tell you, the modern tomatoes, peppers and things, they can really produce heavily if you give them decent plant vigor. Not so would you, suggest, would you suggest that, like, you know what I'm talking about, the miracle Grow bottle you put on the end of your hose and then you just yeah. put it in. Is that pretty good for just an overall uh, fertilizer? Well, it, it gives you an instant boost, but it gives you a very temporary boost. And so you're doing it often. Now, it, the other thing about that is you're paying a lot per pound of nutrient in that kind of a fertilizer. You're paying for the convenience of just being able to spray it on but there. But you don't see anything wrong with the triple 13 between the rows, do you? I, I, would av- I would avoid the triple 13 just because most of the garden tests I've seen, they didn't need that ratio of nutrients. I just, I'm not a big fan. It's fine to use. People have used it for decades, but we've kind of gotten away from it. In the old days, triple 13 was everything. And now as we're looking more more years of experience with soil testing and seeing what's going on, uh, it, it's kind of like moved to the side and we're looking at other fertilizers now, unless a soil test says, no, that's what you need. And I, I think you're going to find that's rare that it says that. Right. So that middle number has to be lower or higher than the other two. Well, it, it depends on, again, what's in your soil, but it depends also on the, on the crops that you're growing. And you're going to see a variation. And I, in my gardens, I don't put a higher middle number on my vegetables. Okay. And it's because I'm adding, I, over years, as you add compost, if you fertilize, uh, you know, with fertilizers that, that have the phosphorus in them, know this, that the, the first and the third number, especially the first number, it comes and goes a lot. Phosphorus, mm-hmm. once it's there, it sticks, it's part of the soil, very little uh, lowering of phosphorus over time in the soil. Uh, and so that that's my approach. But let your plants tell you, or better yet, let's have a soil test and, and see what they say. Yeah, I think that's the best route. Okay, I thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Hey, yeah, and Angelo, by the way, I'm going to be yeah. out. I'm going to be out in Kingwood next, this coming Saturday. Uh, yeah, I so heard that yesterday. I'd, so I'd, I'd be happy to... Out. Yeah, I'd be happy to meet you. Bring some pictures of what you got All in your right. garden out there. I'd like to see those. That's 1130 to 130 p.m., and it's a K&M Ace in Kingwood. All right. Right. You bringing any freebies out there? I am. We're doing some giveaways. Uh, we got All some right. giveaways. We're doing a, a pretty significant little uh, fertilizer giveaway, I think, every 30 minutes while we're out there. So we may have some All right. Things. Sounds good. I'll probably see you there, but have a nice day. You too. Take care. Thank All you. Right. All right. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are talking about all things gardening. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, our whole purpose here is to enjoy ourselves as we, as we go through the show and also to um, enlighten and to guide, I guess you could say. Uh, there's a lot of gardening advice out there. Have you noticed that? Uh, I uh, the, so the social media often drives me nuts uh, for a number of reasons, but uh, when it comes to gardening advice, I just read stuff all the time, and about I don't know seventy five percent of it falls into that's not true, or that's only true in certain circumstances, or well that's only true in other areas other than where we are right now. Do you see what I'm saying? And or it's not it's just not practical. If you want to pose a picture and become an influencer and stuff and have this little unusual little thing you designed, that's fine. But other people should not try to grow that particular thing that way. And you see this with the the wall filled with uh, two liter pop bottles hanging upside down with plants growing in them, you know, and you can set it up and make a picture. But that is just it's just not a practical way to grow things. And you're not going to have success in many cases for a number of reasons. One is lighting uh, is often uh, inadequate, in the, especially when it's, the picture's taken indoors. Uh, the um, amount of soil that's in a little pot bottle is not that much. The tedium of watering on some of these pictures, there's like 50 pot bottles hanging on a wall. And it's like, okay, are you going every day? Do you really want to do that? And then what happens when they drip out and it splashes on the wall that, you know, it's your indoor house or whatever. Anyway, lots of examples, but it's just not true. And that's what we're here for to try to provide some uh, unbiased research based advice. In other words, something that's been proven. And uh, it's a pet peeve of mine. And I I guess I need to get on one soapbox a day. Can you allow me that? If I go out this year and someone gives me a tomato variety and says it's the best thing ever and I plant it and it doesn't do well and then I now know this variety is no good for here, that is inaccurate information. In research we do something called replicating. We may plant five different varieties of tomatoes and we may plant um, five different replications of those five sets so that when we average the production over different locations, I mean, maybe this spot in the soil is better drained or less drained. Maybe this spot over here has more or less of a nutrient or more or less sun or whatever. It, it evens it out and we get dependable information from that as a result. And that, 
that's how we need to be getting our gardening advice based on that kind of experience. Because otherwise we end up with things like, you know, someone says, I grew a tomato last year and I went out there and I, what, let me make up something here. I put a certain brand of seltzer water in the soil and the production was unbelievable. And see that we, what we say in the, in the science world is uh, correlation does not equal causation. I know that's nerdy. What that basically means is just because two things happen at the same time doesn't mean one caused the other one. Okay. And that's the kind of information we try to give you here on Garden Line stuff that uh, you can depend on, uh, stuff that is based on uh, proven r- results. And, uh, I just think that's the way to go. The the one thing that would disappoint me most would be to shoot from the hip and give you something that I heard somewhere or that seems like that might be a good idea and present it as absolute ironclad fact because you go out and don't have success with it. And basically, I have failed you as a gardener. I'll put it that way. Uh, I want, when I give you some suggestions and advice, for you to take them home, do them, and have success. And we need to figure out why if that doesn't happen. But that's what we're here for. So you're listening to Garden Line. We're about to go to a break here. But if you'd like to get on the boards, Josh will get you up there for us to talk with you at the next segment. Just write down our number, 713-212-5874, 212-5874. And good morning to Nikki. How are we today? We're doing good. A happy good. Saturday. Saturday. Hello. Well, We're into Sunday, aren't we? I think your fan club is sleeping in because I have not yet not today yet. had to say hi to Nikki uh, <laughs> response, but I bet they're coming. Well, good morning to you. Good Sunday morning. It is still dark outside, but the sun is coming up. And when it does, good to get out and see what's going on in the yard. We got a little bit of rain here and there, probably, but you know, um, it. The way I look at it is rain just helps the garden get better. And so if it keeps me in for a little bit, that's fine. I'm gonna head right back out when it stops. Because gardening is too much fun, too much fun to miss. Hey, I am your host of Garden Line, Skip Richter, and our number, you'll want to write this down, 713-212-5874, 713-212-5874. Give Josh a call, and he will get you on the board so we can visit about the things that are of interest to you. I was kind of ranting a little bit before break about the importance of research-based information. And that it, that is important because, uh, you know, if you think about things for your own health, like someone says, here's a new medicine on the market that you need to take. And you knew that they had not done an extensive trial on a lot of people to find out, does this work? And number two, what are the drawbacks that we see popping up as we use it? Well, you wouldn't be very confident in that medication would you for your own body well in a in a less um, perhaps important way in you know in terms of life and health uh, when we're looking at information online about gardening uh, the same kind of thing applies and we want to make sure we're doing well with stuff now we have a lot of sponsors on the show and I, you know you may be thinking well you know that person is a sponsor so that's why they're talking about it you need to understand something i 
I look at it this way. My reputation is on the line. And so I'm not going to read a sponsor in that I don't believe in their product, that I haven't tried their product, that I haven't looked into it uh, deeper, uh, that I haven't, if, if, if it's something, uh, the kind of a thing that I would just, because of where, how, whatever I live, I, I wouldn't happen to use that thing specifically, I will talk to people that do, and I'll look into it. Because when we sponsor something, we want you to have success. And it's not just, you know, someone shows up and buys a spot and so we say it. Absolutely not. I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. And I know Randy felt that way too. It when I many years of, of hearing him, uh, he he needed personal experience with things, and and I think that's good because it's like uh, the world is already filled with enough information about people saying you got to get this, you got to buy that, you got to get this, and you know that's not what we want to do in terms of just well, you know who here's a sponsor, let's talk about him. It's, it's people we believe in. And uh, the products that I talk about here, uh, most of them I have used extensively myself. And the ones that I haven't, I'm in the process of using, but I've looked into it. I've, I've talked with people that are using them, seeing how things are going with it. And I'm going to believe in it. And so I just want you to be aware of that. Uh, I'll try to tell you when I don't know something. I'll also try to give you my best guess, but warn you, okay, this this w- just went from I know to based on all the science of how things work, this is what I think you're going to have good success with. But that's the disclaimer is, that, you know, I, it's what I think. And there's a big difference between that. All right. Well, that's enough about uh, all of that. Uh, we are we're looking at a day where we're probably going to get some drizzling here and there. And so if your plants are being wet by rain, you need to be aware of the fact that diseases often will follow that. Uh, not all diseases, but a lot of bacterial diseases and a lot of fungal diseases need a film of water over the leaf, the right temperature, and, and a number of a certain number of hours for that spore to germinate or for that bacteria to proliferate and to infect the leaf and to cause a problem. So if you have a plant that's prone to disease problems and you're going to do something in a spray form about that, you need to do that after the rain stops. Go ahead and make that application. And that is the reason why. If you wait until you've got spots all over your leaves, maybe your bacteria are just filled with, uh, I mean, your uh, peppers are filled with bacterial spots, or your tomatoes with fungal spots, or, or whatever the plant, or your rose with black spot. Uh, you, you need to do that treatment afterwards because just think of it as a seed of a weed on the leaf. That's what a fungal spore is like. And you get that seed wet, and it's going to sprout. And when it sprouts, here we go. So we need to move in pretty quickly with something that we're going to do. And that way you avoid a lot of problems, and it helps bring it under control. Things can get out of hand when you wait too long. Uh, doing something early is almost always better than doing it late. Uh, I For a number of reasons, I've talked about this before, but for example, let's say you're going to use an organic like BT on caterpillars. Well, if you catch them when they're young and voraciously feeding, BT is amazingly effective on on them. As a caterpillar gets older and older and it's just, you know, it starts to think about, hey, I think I'm going to become a cocoon pretty soon here and then a moth. Well, at that stage, BT isn't as effective. So... Just keep that in mind. Early is better. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter. Our number, 713-212-5874. Don't ask me why I'm going to Texas. Why in all the world am I here? 
Cause I do love to hear those Texas fiddles And dance and sing and drink my Lone Star beer From Austin up to Dallas, Amarillo to El Paso You can hear Bob Will, Bill Mack and me on your radio You know, when I'm here in Western Swing, I don't want to start talking. I just want to keep listening. I think you guys, if you've listened to me more than a show or two, you probably figured that one out. You're listening to Garden Line. I am your host, Skip Richter, and we're here to answer your gardening questions. Whatever you want to talk about regarding gardening, maybe it's some ideas for a new a new landscape area or something that uh, some plant uh, you've been struggling with. Uh, we're here because we want you to have success. Uh, gardening is a fun, relaxing, rewarding hobby. But like anything, it can become frustrating and you can feel like I can't do this and you can feel like this just isn't working and I don't have a green thumb and all that kind of thing. Well, there are no brown thumbs. There are uninformed thumbs. And so if you want to use uh, thumb color, uh, listen to Garden Line, work with us, we'll help you, and we will turn a brown thumb green. But essentially, what you really need is not some special innate you know, magic that makes plants grow. Like some people think, well, Grandma had a green thumb. Everything she touched was green. Grandma knew what to do. You know, Grandma had spent a lifetime learning how to garden and talking to other gardeners. And, she, you know, she sort of had a knack for it, but she had a knack for it because she knew what to do. And that's what we're here to help you have. So nobody needs to fail at gardening. You know, I say that and then I think about <clears throat> that one of the most famous horticulturists in uh, the U.S., I, I believe it was him, J.C. Ralston, that said this. He said that in order to be a good horticulture, she got to kill a lot of plants, something along that, that lines. And yes, we do learn by doing and we learn by failing and stuff. But overall, as we learn, we get better and better and better. And you know, if we're going to kill a plant, it's going to be because of something unusual that happened, which we learned from, or it's going to be, you know, some unexpected weather event like we've had and so on. But to get your knowledge level up and your experience level it just makes it more fun. And it, it absolutely, I know I'm biased, but it absolutely is the best hobby in the world. Uh, it gives you health benefits. It gives you mental benefits. And those are huge, the benefits of gardening. Just the aesthetics of making your place more beautiful. Just the health benefits of making your garden more bountiful. Uh, good, fresh food to put in our mouths. We know that what we eat is what primarily our number one health problem. Uh, it's because of things that are going in our mouths. Uh, and the fact that uh, the couch is a little more comfortable than walking around. So uh, that those kinds of changes is what gardening can offer. And gardening uh, can literally uh, make you healthier and make you happier. And so let's talk about whatever you're interested in. The number 713-212-5874. I did want to visit a little bit about uh, some fruit and nut things today while we're talking uh, we, we get quite a few calls on, on people that are wanting to grow fruits and nuts and things like that. You know, the, the challenge and, and the, the key to success, I guess, with fruit is, number one, good sunlight. Um, if you've got a little backyard full of trees, it doesn't matter how much you like peaches, you're going to have trouble growing a peach. Uh, peaches need fruit in general needs i'm going to say six hours of sunlight 
and a bit more is much better, but let's just say six. Now, there's some things like figs and blueberries that both can get in a little less. Don't put them in deep shade and expect anything, but a little less, and they still produce pretty well. Citrus is pretty good about producing in a moderate amount of sunlight. Again, not too low, but where I would say, now nah, don't plant a peach, maybe, uh, yeah, Blueberry, fig, citrus will do pretty good there. Uh, I think it'll. I think it'll get by and do all right. Just remember that you're growing fruit to have a nice sweet fruit to eat, right? And how do you get sweet in a fruit? Well, that's carbohydrates, and carbohydrates come from leaves. But leaves only work when the sun's shining. So that's kind of how it works. The leaves of the food factory. Imagine this factory, you know, belching smoke up in the Midwest, except without the Midwest and without the smoke. <laughs> There's a factory in the leaf that is producing the food that fuels the plant. And we call fertilizer plant food, and I do too. I understand that. But technically, it's the fertilizers, the elements that become plant food in the plant. Uh, the plant makes its food, and it uses all those important nutrients that fertilizer provides to make carbohydrates that fuel the plant. But the, the factory only works when the power is on, and the power is the sunlight. So when the sun goes off, imagine you got a giant auto manufacturing factory and someone turns off all the power. How many cars are going to come out of that, right? That's how it works on your leaves. And when we start trying to cheat on sunlight and still have productive quality fruit, we're going to have a problem. So sunlight would be one of the most important things. We can talk about some other things that are good to success with fruit, but I would, I would first consider the amount of sun in the area. And uh, after we do that, we'll talk about things like important drainage. Certainly, what species and varieties you're planting. That's probably, right behind sunlight, that's probably the most important. Maybe we'll visit about that a little bit after we um, come back from break. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter. If you'd like to give us a call, have Josh put you on the board, 713-212-5874. 212-KTRA. KTRH Garden Line does not necessarily endorse any of the products or services advertised on this program. Welcome to KTRH Garden Line with Skip Richter. Good Sunday morning on a good day for gardening, as is every day. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are here to talk gardening with you. If you'd like to give us a call, have Josh get you up on the board. It is 713-212-5874. 713-212-5874. I was talking about fruit uh, before we took that last break, and I mentioned the importance of sunlight. I mean, that is like number one. If Can you give it sunlight or not? Uh, that will that will be the foundation for whether you're successful. Number two is is soil drainage. Uh, very few types of fruit can put up with poorly drained soil. For example, a mayhaw, native fruit producing plant out in East Texas, they can put up with some wet soil. But when you when you think of your f- typical fruits, you know apples, pears, uh, blackberries, uh, uh, peaches, and so on, plums, that they need good drainage, and so you need to give them soil that when it rains too much, the excess goes away. They want moist soil, but 
they don't want to be in a swamp and they won't do it. Do you know peach roots? And I guess this would be true with, with uh, plum trees too, because they're typically grafted onto peach, uh, is that when, you, when they're underwater, when they're anaerobic, cannot get oxygen, they produce a substance called hydrogen cyanide. Now, how does that sound as far as a good thing to be around the peach roots in the soil? Uh, they, they just don't put up with it. So drainage is really important. Uh, Picking the right cultivar and the right species, in fact, is really important. Uh, I was uh, listening to somebody the other day was asking about, you know, can you can you grow a um, what was it uh, almond almond here in in the Houston area? Well, I won't say you. I, I'll never say never. You know, if I say you cannot grow an almond, someone will call in and go, "Well, I had an almond," and you know, as we come to find out, it probably didn't live long, probably didn't produce well, but they had an almond. They got it to survive. Well, almond is basically a peach. It really is. I mean, look at the look at the shell around an almond, and look at the pit around a peach, and they look alike or similar, and that's because they are similar, very closely related. But instead of eating the fleshy outer part on an almond, we eat the seed inside of the pit. And in our climate, it is it is number one. Our because of chilling hours and the way they work around here, we often find almonds blooming too early. And, and as a result, they get hit by a frost. The other thing is they need to dry. When they reach that stage where, you know, the fruit has been formed but and the seed has been formed, and now it needs to shrivel down. The, the whole outside, what would be the peach around the almond, it uh, just shrivels away into a little leathery, little leathery piece. And we don't have the climate that allows for that good drying and we have rots and other things that occur so picking the right species is important but picking the right variety is important too and one of the biggest things on varieties is the chilling hours so when we talk about chilling hours now this does not apply to our citrus for example and and a lot of the tropical kinds of fruits but apples pears uh, peaches plums persimmons you know a lot of things it does apply and here's what here's what happens when we go into fall, the buds on the tree that are the bloom buds, going to be next year's crop, they go into a dormancy, a chemically induced dormancy. They cannot sprout because there's an inhibitor keeping them from it. So if, if in late December, you know, we have five days of 80 degrees, they're not going to be able to come out of it because they're chemically inhibited from doing that. But over the winter period, when we have temperatures around 40 degrees, 40, 45 especially, that inhibitor starts to break down. And I like to compare it to a little time bomb that's clicking, click, click, click on its way down to zero and then boom. Well, th- when we have the right temperatures, that little uh, egg timer, time bomb, whatever you want, it's moving. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pretty quick. For, so for every hour that we have of time in the day, we're getting an hour of chilling. And then there's times when the temperature's a little warmer, a little cooler, and the time clock slows down or stops altogether. And so here's the deal. When that time clock is clicked down and it says, my buds are no longer inhibited when the weather's right, I'm going. We have some warm days they are going to pop out and bloom. Now, for a super low chilling requirement peach, that could occur way too early. And we're almost indefinitely going to have another frost that takes them out. And so that's why chilling is so important. I'm going to pause on that for a minute. If you'd like to give us a call, 713-212-5874. We're going to head out to spring, and we're going to talk to Shannon. Hello, Shannon. Hi, good morning, Skip. Um, In my uh, compost pile, I found a volunteer um, avocado starting. Okay. So I've put it in a pot, and it started to grow leaves. Mm -hmm. And um, mind you, I'm an unpaid, semi-professional part-time plant killer. Okay, so good. I would like to. I would like to know um, what. I mean, I don't intend to get any fruit out of it, but but what what can I do to keep it alive, just to kind of see what it's going to look like you can in pot, a year or two. You can pot it up, or you can plant it in the ground and watch it. Uh, it is going to be very cold tender, and so if it's in the ground, unless you do a whole lot, it's going to freeze. Okay. Now there's there's okay. se- there's several types of avocados, and then there's even hybrids between types. Okay. So when you go to the store and you buy those almost black bumpy avocados, that is not a hardy type. They're the kind that typically okay. gets old. But there's also uh, avocados that have smooth skin and and a greenish skin even when they're ripe uh, and those kind are the hardier kind so if you go to a good garden center around here and you buy an avocado to try out they're going to be selling okay. you the kind that has a better shot at cold hardiness they're still not extremely cold hardy but they're going to sell you sure. that better shot and that that would be uh, the mexican type of avocado uh, if you if you uh, try the Guatemalan or West Indian types, uh, they probably won't survive most of the freezes outdoors. So uh, I would, okay. if you want to grow it for fun, that's fine. If you want to grow it to get an avocado, I would buy a tree of a good variety that's going to have its best chance here, okay? Great, great. Do you have time for one more question? Absolutely. Well, let's see. Well, I have 30 seconds. We can start it and maybe hold you sure. on after break if you like. Okay. Um, and I was just aware, wondering if you were aware of a food safe paint. Um, I grow veggies in containers, but they're just so ugly. So I just was wondering if you were aware of a, a food safe paint. You know, I'm just going to answer that one. I'm not. Uh, I'm sure there, okay. there are paints out there. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of paints are, are probably okay once they dry and stuff. But uh, I'm not going to be the one to guide you that. I would go to your local Ace Hardware store where they sell paint, and I would ask them that question and see if they can, can give you any direction. Okay? All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you, Shannon. Appreciate the call. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter. Give us a call, 713-212-5874.
Good Sunday morning on a good Sunday morning for gardening. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter. And if you'd like to give us a call, our number is 713-212-5874. And I just wanted to give a couple more comments to kind of finish out that what I was talking about on uh, fruit and nut trees. And Jerry and Anna, I see you out there, and we're going to get to you real quick here. Uh, I talked about the importance of sunlight. I talked about the importance of drainage. I talked about the importance of picking species and varieties that want to grow here. That's important. And I just want to add to that also that some types of fruit require pollinating. Uh, Apples, almost all, are going to require pollinate. A second variety for pollinator. Peaches are not. Plums, some don't. A few don't. Most of them do. Pears, most of them benefit from pollinating as well. Blueberries, you're going to have bigger berries because with better pollination, there's more seeds, which allows it to be a bigger berry. So in general, many of the fruit trees require a pollinator. So make sure when you, if you buy that kind of fruit tree, that you also purchase a variety that's going to bloom at the same time and help pollinate each other. And another reason to go to an independent garden center where they know their products and they know to tell you that. A lot of places, a lot of the big national stores, they're not going to have the staff that understands that and is going to be able to direct you. So what happens? You go buy a particular kind of fruit that needs a pollinator. You plant it. Four years later, you call Garden Line. It's just not producing. It blooms every year. Well, we just lost four years before you get the information that you really needed another variety. Don't let that happen to you. Hey, we're going to go out to the phones now. The the uh, number is 713-212-5874. And we're going to start with Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate your show. Yes, sir. Thank you. I have, I have probably a 40 or 50 foot tall pine tree that there are two places on the base of it have scars that are through the bark and into the wood and it i don't know it almost looks like sawdust coming out of them um i've sprayed uh i just want to know if there's anything else i should be doing if it's going to kill the tree okay well if you're seeing sawdust that's a that's a borer that's working on the interior dead wood of the tree and while we don't love to have things chewing through the you know, structural strength wood of the tree. Uh, it's not a threat to the health of your of your pine. If it were a bark beetle, which is a very significant threat to the health of the pine, uh, then you would see little globs of sap on the outside. So, but the fact yeah, that it's sawdust. I've had the pine bark beetle before. I know what the okay. holes and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen that before, but that's not what this is. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, you know, 12 inch high by maybe six inch wide scar. Okay. Each of them, there's two of them. Well, anytime there's physical damage to any tree like that, you're going to get that kind of wound on the trunk. And when it kills the the, uh, bark, then you're down to the inner wood. And that's not good because then moisture gets in there. Uh, decay begins in there but on a pine they just don't close over they don't callous over as rapidly as many other tree species would Uh, and so they will gradually start to close over but there's really nothing you can do about it there's no spray to make it close over faster Uh, don't paint the wound that's not going to be helpful Uh, you might if you're concerned enough about it depending on where the tree is 
what's near the tree that you might be concerned if it did break in a storm in the future. Uh, you might have a, a arborist come out and take a look at it and give you an assessment okay. about what you should do. I think nine chances out of ten, it's just going to be a wait and watch and take care of the tree. I, I've seen some things on the Internet about um, going in and scraping it out and trying to get to to good wood on each side of it and, it, you know, in the essentially the bottom of the of the scar. Is that going to help? No. I The only part of that that I'll go along with would be, you know, if you've got dead bark in there, dead pieces, uh, that just helps hold moisture behind them and, you know, pull that loose pieces of bark or any kind of thing in the way out of there to open it up so it air dries better. But okay. beyond scraping out wood, and I, I wouldn't do that. But again, I would have a certified arborist come or an arborist that is trained and knows what they're doing to come out and take a look at that and uh, be able right. to to give you that assessment. Again, my my best guess, having seen a whole lot of pines in my life and these kind of issues, is it's going to be a wait and watch. Yeah, clean out any debris that's in the way, but in general, I think it it is what it is. But the arborist can come out and make a statement like, you know what, structurally. Here, here's my concern with this tree, you know, or I don't have a concern at this time. All right. All right. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You bet. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate that call. Let's now head out to LaPorte and talk to Anna. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Skip. Thank you so much for taking over. We appreciate your help. I've been listening to the garden line way before Randy, so... Anyway, I really enjoy the show. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor to be part of a show that has a history, you know, going way back. I mean, through Dewey Compton, Bill Zag, John Burroughs, and all the different, and of course, Randy, who really, I think, made the show what it is today. Yes. So, I have problems. Did you pull up my uh, pictures? Did you send me an email? Yeah, I sent an email yesterday, okay. and uh, what I'm having problem with is something is, I uh, have a lot of greens I, I eat out of my garden. I have colored, charred, everything. So anyway, but something is eating some of my greens, and I just didn't know what it would be or how can I take care of it. Okay. Well, uh, Anna, I did not get it. I'm not sure why, but after we get through talking, I want to put you on hold, and and you can talk to Josh about trying to get I would like to see those pictures, but I can tell you this. If it's greens, there are two insect types that typically bother them. One is beetles, little small beetles that eat holes in the leaves, and then there are caterpillars, which can also eat holes, but often eat from the sides of the leaves in, not just holes. Beetles are pretty much, on greens, beetles are pretty much just things that eat holes in your leaf, whereas caterpillars... Yeah, just leave holes on the leaves, so how can it sound like beetles? How can I treat that? Okay, let me ask you a question. How big would you say the holes are? Are we talking about like a BB, or, or how big? Uh, BB. Okay, so... If, this is going to be a little hard to find, but if you want, since it's greens and you're putting the whole thing in your mouth, I try to go to the safest thing you can possibly think of, right? Uh, and you right. can always wash your produce, and if it's labeled for it, yeah. it's okay to use it. But uh, I would look for a type of BT, and this is important, a very important distinction, that is for beetles, not caterpillars. If you look okay. on the label at the at the BT 
where it says at the bottom, Bacillus thuringiensis, this is what's in the product. It'll say San Diego after the BT. But go to a good garden center where they can direct you to the right one or you'll be wasting your money. Right. Well, I'm surrounded by several good ones, so I will do that. That's good. But that's all I di- that's all I need. And uh, thank you so much for all the information you provide us. Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate the call, Anna. Yeah, that you know, it's interesting. I I think the future of um, pest control in the garden is really making a shift. We will always have products that are chemicals, organic chemicals, synthetic chemicals that are out there that are going to kill bugs. They poison bugs or they give bugs a disease and and those kind of things. That's always going to be here. But more and more, we are seeing biological products like BT. And, you know, the original BT was just for caterpillars. And then I mentioned uh, to Anna that we have the uh, San Diego strain is for many types, not all, but many types of leaf-feeding beetles. We've got the mosquito dunks. We talk about those a lot here on the show. That's a BT israeliensis strain that works on mosquito larva. You know, we, we have a BT for fungal gnat larva and on and on. And we're seeing more of those kind of products develop. And then there's some other cool things happening uh, that I will talk about uh, when we get back from break. I'd like to spend a little bit more time on that. Uh, but it, it, it is an interesting world where as we learn more about how nature works and we make new discoveries about what's going on in nature, then new products are starting to appear or new approaches that aren't just spray it in the face and kill it. They're, they're a different approach to, to how uh, pest control uh, works. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, uh, fortunately for you, Nikki is here to save you from me nerding out about <laughs> strains of microbes and uh, tell us some exciting things happening out in the world around us. Twitterville has gone insane. Well, that's a short trip, but what happened? <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. All right. And don't you ever leave? Lay down, Sally. I'm resting in my arms. Don't you think you are someone to talk to? Good morning on a good Sunday morning. I see light. That is a wonderful thing. And even though there's some clouds in the sky, I can tell you this is going to be a good day to be out and about. You know, it may have to dodge a little rain, according to what the weatherman is saying. But, uh, hey, don't let a good, wonderful afternoon like this get away from you. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are here to answer your gardening questions. You know, one of the things I love to do is to go around town and just stick my head in the door in a lot of these businesses that we talk about here, all the independent garden centers, uh, you know, the, the feed stores that uh, we talk about, the, the Ace Hardware stores that we talk about. And uh, just uh, earlier, uh, I think it was Friday, yeah, I believe it was Friday. I had stuck my head in the door in a couple of Ace Hardwares just to look around and see what's on the shelves, what do they got. And, you know, every time I do that, I'm stunned at the amount of products that they have. I mean, everything you can imagine. And often when I go in there, I see something new and it's like, oh, this is on the market. Let me read about it. Let me learn about this. Uh, in other words, the bottom line is if you need something, they're going to have it. They got they got the fertilizers we talk about. They got the products we talk about and then some. Uh, and it's just, if you want to find an Ace near you, go to acehardware.com, acehardware.com. 
dot com and there's a way to find the ace near you it's it's real evident on the page to get to it and they can direct you to that now if if you will write on your calendar for saturday the 29th this coming saturday i'm going to be at k and m ace hardware in kingwood k and m ace hardware in kingwood from 11:30 to 1:30 p.m. And I invite you to come out, bring me your plants, bring me your photos, uh, just come out to talk about, hey, here's an idea I have, I want to run it by you, do you think this would work? I'd love to do that. It's good to meet you. Uh, gives you the opportunity, kind of with some one-on-one time with me, to eye-to-eye, just kind of talk about some of the questions you might have. I, I, heck, it's even okay to bring pictures and brag about, you know, this rose bush or whatever, your your hibiscus or whatever. We can, we can do that, too. But that is this Saturday, 429, April 29th, K&M Ace Hardware in Kingwood from 1130 to 130. I hope all of those of you up in the Kingwood, Porter, New Caney, you know, that whole area, I hope you'll come out and check it out. And if you want to drive from across town, that's good, too. You know, often on these appearances, we have people that come from pretty far away. And that is just a whole lot of fun. Well, let's head out to talk to Jim now on the phones. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Skip. Quick question for you. Uh, About two and a half, three weeks ago, I had to resod about 450 square feet of my yard. Uh, The question is... Is it too early to apply the uh, next round of fertilizer? Yeah, it's a little early. Uh, can you tell me what ratio of nutrients or what type of product you used before? Initially, I used the fifteen five ten. Okay. Okay. Super sweet green. Yes. Oh, sweet green. Okay, now sweet green should be eleven. Let's see what's the other two numbers. Eleven. It's a, well, the first it, number is eleven. Well, it, well it, it was the fifteen five. The fifteen five ten is going to be a, a, an immediate release, and you're going to get a good response from that. Uh, it's not uh, one that I would expect to carry you all through the summer, unless your soil is already in a really good shape. You're returning your clippings, and you know you've already built the nutrient content. Uh, but I would say probably about six weeks after that application, if you wanted to come in with something that would carry you on through the summer, that would give you you know a longer a longer uh, feed time and uh, right now the the one that I'm I'm most interested in you know are the products that are going to give you that kind of gradual feed because we're about to go through that long season and since you use a 15510 nitrofoss also has that super turf uh, it's got the 19% nitrogen that would be the next one that I would go to and that'll give you that'll take you all the way through until it's time to fall fertilize and how long before I apply that? I would do it about maybe six weeks after the first application, the fifteen five ten you put down. You just want to give it some time. That's going to last a while. I mean, it's not like it just lasts a week. It lasts a good while, but uh, then you want the more extended one as you go forward. And now you could have put the super turf down earlier, too. That's fine. But I think considering where you are, that's how I would go about it. Okay. Appreciate the help. Thank you, sir. You bet, Jim. Good luck with that. I hope you have a beautiful lawn, and I bet you will. Uh, You know, we have such wonderful growing conditions for St. Augustine that uh, when it gets hot and humid here in the summer and you don't want to go outside, as long as there's water in the soil, St. Augustine's going to be very, very happy. Very happy. Well, you're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are here to answer gardening questions. I'm about to head to a break. 
But I invite you to give Josh a call, get on the board so we can jump right at it right after the break. That's 713-212-5874. I forgot all about the sweating and digging. Every time I go out and pick me a biggin. Homegrown tomatoes, homegrown tomatoes. What a life be without homegrown tomatoes. All the two things that money can't buy. And that's true love, homegrown tomatoes. Got to get to some homegrown tomatoes. I love that song. That's not the Guy Clark version. I believe that's a John Denver version, but still a good song, right? You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter. We are here to answer gardening questions, so give us a call. We've got just a little bit of time left in this hour, and then we'll be back again. 713-212-5874. And I am seeing someone coming on the line there, but I'm not sure who we got calling. I'll wait just a second, see if a name pops up, and we will move to that call. Uh, I've been talking about fruit trees today. I've been talking about pesticide uh, changes today. And I want to continue that last one just a little bit. Uh, What I was basically saying is the day of our pest control option just being poison the pest, uh, that is going away. And I think it's a good thing. Now, when I say going away, I mean not that those products are going to go away. We'll always have how to poison a pest products, but we're seeing a day where we have more options than that. And it's come with the biologicals. You know, BT's been around a long time, a very well-known biological, but we keep learning about other biologicals. Now, this is a nerd alert, and so I just want to give you a little bit of a warning before I go into it, but I think you will find it interesting. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, there's a product that's another bacillus and the bacillus is not bt but it's bacillus amylolecofaciens that is a long word after it, it'll say 747 that's like the airplane 747 <clears throat> bacillus amylolecofaciens is a unique new bacillus to us in terms of having a product that colonizes the root the bacteria gets all around the roots and it fights root rot organisms on the root, but it releases substances that make the plant grow different above ground. So something like powdery mildew that would be attacking the plant would be somewhat uh, hampered by the fact that the Bacillus amylolecofaciens product is down there on the roots. Now go to a good garden center and ask them about that. Say, this is a new Bacillus you, you drench on the soil. They're going to know what you're talking about. There's uh, several manufacturers now that make it, at least two that I've seen in the Houston area. And it's just a new way of approaching it. And my, so my point is that we're seeing a lot of new ways of doing things. We've learned that plants and microbes live together and they interact in ways that make it uh, uh, difficult for diseases or difficult for insects. And now new products are appearing that take advantage of that. I think that's kind of cool. 
Uh, we had a question of someone looking for a landscaper, and the one that we would recommend here on Gardenline would be Piercecapes. Piercecapes has been around a long time. Uh, they are up in the Cypress area. That's where home base is. Uh, they serve, of course, a much bigger area than that. But the folks at Piercecapes can really direct you to the kinds of help that you need, the kinds of uh, product uh, or uh, structures like hardscapes, and if you need landscape lighting, and, and on and on down the line. But I, I would I would give them a try in response to that. I'll tell you more about Piercecapes soon. Uh, let's go now to the phones and talk to Gordon in Missouri County. Missouri County? Am I reading that right? Uh, Missouri County. Missouri. All right. Gordon, how are you today? Oh, not too bad. Enjoy the show and everything. I've got a kind of a weird question for you. A couple of years ago when the storm came down through here, you know, I lost about 12 trees. A lot of my trees got tore up and everything, but I had a lot of pecan trees. And I know probably what the answer is going to be, but uh, all the pecan trees, they just started, the leaves just started coming out on them a couple of weeks ago. And my best pecan tree I got that has no bad limbs, no broken limbs or nothing, it hasn't sprouted any limbs, any leaves or anything yet. Is that basically tell me that thing has died? I wouldn't give up on it yet. Pecans are a little slow to come out, even though they are coming out now, but they're not one of the fastest things to come out. It would be very unusual for the freeze we have had in December to have killed your pecan tree. Um, in fact, I would say it's almost impossible. Uh, I don't know yeah. why it's not coming out. Uh, it It's not going to be a chilling requirement thing, most likely. Uh, do you know, Gordon, was this pecan tree, did it come from a seed that the squirrels planted, or is it one you bought and planted? Well, to be honest with you, uh, this is I've got five acres down here and everything. These pecan trees have been here. Uh, I ended up getting the property back from my grandparents and everything, and these pecan trees have been here forever. Okay. And uh, this is just one tree that was kind of by itself, but it's yeah. a huge pecan tree. It's always developed real good. Yeah. But this is, you know. I'd give it more time. Uh, we're about to head to break here, but I'd, I'd give it more time, Gordon. I, I think it's probably still going to come out. There's nothing you can do about it either way right now, so just be patient and watch it. That is going to be a seedling pecan, so genetically it's going to be different than every other pecan on your place, just like all people are different in one way or another. And this may just be kind of a characteristic that you hadn't noticed that it was a little slower normally. Uh, but let's give it some time. Uh, I'm going to hope for the best, and I just because... The chances of something over, essentially over the winter, completely killing a tree that was fine last year, that's that's pretty slim. But thank you for the call. I appreciate that very much. You're listening to Garden Line, 713-212-5874. KTRH Garden Line does not necessarily endorse any of the products or services advertised on this program. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to KTRH Garden Line with Skip Richter. The show is milk raising in the grass. Raising in the grass is a gas. Baby, can you dig? What a trip. Just watch him as the world goes. Raising in the grass is a gas. Baby, can you dig? There are so many good things to see. Why 
Good Sunday morning. It's a good Sunday morning for all kinds of things gardening. In fact, this afternoon, you may be going out between a little bit of showers here to get some stuff done. In fact, this would be a good time to go buy maybe a new house plant. I was I was visiting some nurseries around town looking at the different kinds of house plants that they have uh, for sale. And, it, you know, I, if COVID, it was such a negative event overall for us, event or a negative uh uh, disease issue to deal with as a country and all the, the negative uh, impacts that it had. But one positive impact was it sent more people into gardening. And houseplants suddenly became interesting and everybody wanted them. Because, hey, if you're cooped up in the house, right, you need more. And people kind of went crazy. I mean, the prices of houseplants and the obscure houseplants, that many of which are difficult to control, that appeared on the scene, uh, are difficult to control, difficult to get to thrive and, and stay alive. You know, that that wasn't such a great thing, but the variety was amazing. And I I probably added four new species of houseplants I never grew before during that time. And I think probably a lot of you did, too. Uh, but it's always fun to get a new plant. Uh, really cool decorative pots. You know, some of our, our uh, homegrown nurseries just uh, have an outstanding pottery and, and maybe things that hang. I we uh, For a family member this week, we uh, purchased a hanging uh, container. I think we were up, at, I was up at Buchanan's, I believe, and looking at some things. I saw this container, I just really needed to get it. And I got me one of those, got three herbs to go in it, and it'll hang in a window in their home. But it's just really cool. You know, I mean, it's certainly they can go over there and snip some herbs off and, and enjoy them. It's not your typical house plant. But if you get them in enough light, herbs can grow inside in the window. And I think that's kind of fun, uh, especially when you add a container that just makes overall a really good effect. But so don't let reports of a little bit of rain uh, stop you from continuing your gardening uh, activities. And if I can in any way get out to a nursery, even in between storms, I like to do that. Because, you know, on rainy days, people tend not to get out. And that's your chance. They say when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. When life gives you rain, recognize that's a chance when you go to a garden center, you kind of got the folks, uh, there's less of a crowd. You got folks kind of to yourself. And you can visit and have a lot more time to ask questions and cruise around and see things and uh, I just think that's kind of a tip of the day but uh, don't let a little rain keep you from getting out uh, and enjoying uh, the garden centers you're listening to Garden Line I'm your host Skip Richter and we are here to answer your gardening questions that's what we do give us a call the phone number 713-212-5874 Seven one three two one two fifty eight seventy four. This morning we've talked a lot about lawns, and uh, you've heard me say it before. But the things that make the phone ring typically seem to be the three T's: trees, turf, and tomatoes. Uh, now, nobody calls me about the kohlrabi. Uh, I guess one day I'll get one call. Probably if I keep saying that, somebody will give me a call about it. But you know, tomatoes is the king of the vegetable garden. Everybody loves tomatoes. Every, there's, every year there's new tomatoes to grow, and and uh, they just keep coming up with new ones. It used to be that only the professional seed companies and universities were breeding tomatoes, and that's still going on for sure. 
But homeowners are starting to get into it. And there's a group of tomato enthusiasts across the country that are part of developing new types of tomatoes. And they they share their seeds around. Uh, they, they have dwarf types of tomatoes and larger types. Now, all of these are unproven in our area, or at least by and large. I mean, if someone tries them here, we begin to learn about them. But we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of different kinds of tomatoes out there so you can't test them all uh, but it's fun here's a gardener here are a group of gardeners that are getting out they learn how you pollinate a tomato which is a little little bit of a trick to learn how to do it. it's not hard and then they start crossing them and they share their crosses and they get things other people have crossed and they try them that's part of the fun of gardening that's kind of like that gardening 2.0 i talk about you know gar- gardening uh, you know 1.0 that is how do i make my lawn green how do i keep my trees alive what's a good tomato to plant those kind of things then you hit the stage where you start learning about plant propagation you start learning about plant breeding and it's fun i'm telling you when you get the hang of it and you learn how to the basics of doing it uh, it is a whole new aspect of this expansive hobby that we call gardening not for everybody i'm sure to go out and do plant breeding but for a lot of you i bet it is and we should talk about that sometime well speaking of talk about that sometime we're going to go to the phones the number is 713-212-5874 we're going to head out to Pearland and talk to cheryl hello cheryl hey how are you this morning well i'm good how are you i'm good thank you i have a couple questions um I had my husband and I planted olive martinis. I'm not sure the uh, botanical name for that, but it was well before I realized we shouldn't have, but they were selling them here at our local nurseries. So we planted several to to try to grow as a uh, privacy hedge. Okay. And they survived the freeze. Uh, some of them are doing okay, but most of them lost their original leaves and put off new leaves. Mm-hmm. And then I also have an issue with dogs, uh, two male dogs that keep um, marking on them. I can't get them to stop. So one half of them is dying. I think that's the reason. Okay. So I was wondering if there's anything special I can do. Okay. Um, I planted them. They were probably about a foot tall. Now they're about three feet tall, some of them. Some okay. of them not, not that tall. All right. Now okay. you're, you're talking about, Cheryl, a, a true olive shrub, an olive tree, right? No, it's called an olive martini, and it's a shrub, and it's a variegated shrub, and it, the bota- botanical name is I can't I can't think of the botanical name. It starts with an E. Oh, you're talking about an Ely Agnes. You're talking about an Ely yes, Agnes. Yes, sir. Okay, I yes, got you. Got yes. You. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Well, you were we're really close to bumping on a break, so we'll talk a little bit, and then I want you to hold on, and I think you may have some other questions, and we'll get to those uh, when we come back after that. Ely Agnes is a good evergreen shrub. Generally, it can you know occasionally you can have things that'll knock leaves off of, of plants just due to weather, but uh, it's. It's a good one. It, it should do pretty well for you. I mean, it, it's not like the top pick of all the shrubs I would recommend here. Uh, but let's uh-huh. let's when we come back from break, let's drill down a little bit further because I think we're going to go a little deeper than than a few seconds will allow. Uh, you're listening that to Garden. Good. Yeah, we're listening. You're listening to Garden Line. And I'm going to be back here in just a moment. And, Matt, we will get to you as well. If you'd like to be on the board, 713-212-5874. <laughs> Step in my world. And if you said this life ain't good enough, I'll give my world 
listening to Gardline on a Sunday morning that, as is always day, every day, a good day for getting out there and gardening. I'm your host, Skip Richter. Our phone number is 713-212-5874. A while ago, I was talking about heirloom, or excuse me, enchanted gardens and enchanted forests. And I didn't give you the email or the uh, web address, and I want to give you that. It's you need to check it out. You know, if you're if it's pouring inside, you can't get outside. Online is a, is a good time to peruse things. And if you go to myenchanted.com, myenchanted.com, that word enchanted, it fits these places. I mean, they are unbelievable. And maybe you know Enchanted Gardens, but you haven't been to Enchanted Forest. You need to go to both of them because they're they are unique in their own way and absolutely cool. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. today, myenchanted.com. Check them out, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. We're going to go back to the phones now. We were talking to Cheryl, uh, and Cheryl, you had that uh, olive martini, uh, uh, right, that you, we were discussing growing, and you were having some problems with it. It kind of died back a little bit, and the dogs are giving it a hard time. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um we planted it because we wanted it to be a, a privacy hedge. Yes. So it hasn't grown as quickly as we thought. I guess it's been in the ground about a year and a half, and we have about 17 of them. So it's a, it's a big investment. Yeah, we want to get them to grow. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. So is the drainage decent around them? I think it is, but uh, we do have a, what do they call that, a, a high water, you know, under the ground. Oh, so, a water table? Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, we do. And it's, you know, on the perimeter of the lot where it drains uh, that direction. Okay. Well, let's see if we can help them. But if not, it... Push comes to shove, we may end up having to go to, uh, you know, it, when we hit the November time, uh, lifting them up, kind of getting that soil built up a little bit better to improve the drainage, if indeed that is going to be a limiting factor. But I don't want to assume that just now yet. In the meantime, they just need a good fertilizer, and they need a fertilizer with a lot of nitrogen. So what you would put on your lawn, uh, I would use for these. So whatever kind of product you normally use, you know, Nitrofos and Nelson's Plant Food, Microlife, there's a lot of brands out there that uh, that have a quality okay. product. Uh, but, but go with one of the turf fertilizers because they're higher in nitrogen. And with a shrub, you're wanting to push vegetative growth and, and get that going. So I would probably put a cup or two of one of those fertilizers out per bush. If you're going to go with an, or, an organic, I would probably put two to, or three or four cups even. Uh, around them and they're going to gradually release it over time hopefully get that get those plants going they like full sun so if they're in shade they don't like that that thing about the winter hitting them that's unusual because the the um, eliagnus specifically the olive martini too they're hardy way further north than here now december caught our plants off guard so something that should have been way hardy may have gotten hit because it wasn't ready for the cold. It was living the life of Riley, thinking it's in a tropical paradise, and all of a sudden, boom, we're freezing. Uh, That's a little exaggeration, but that's kind of what happened in December. So uh, I would just fertilize them. Let's see if we can get them going. If not, why don't you call us back, and we'll talk about maybe considering redoing the area. In the meantime, one last thing, Cheryl. If if you have a post hole digger or a sharpshooter, something you can dig a hole straight down with, just a small hole straight down, I would go down about a foot, foot and a half with it, and then fill it with water, and then come back in 12 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours. How long does it take? 
for the majority of that to drain out. So you, you know you have at least a foot of drainage underneath those plants. That's going to tell us if we got a problem that we're going to have to deal with in terms of, of soil drainage, okay? Sounds like a great idea. Thank uh-huh. you so much. You bet. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, let me ask you. Let me ahead. ask you one more question. All right. Um, when we initially planted them, we did have area, you know, right around the soil, like a ring around them with dirt, and the grass has grown up around a lot of them. Should mm-hmm. I clear that back and mulch around them? You absolutely should. If you talk to a shrub or tree and they could talk, they would tell you, I do not want to be able to see grass, much have it growing all the way up to my trunk. Uh, that's, okay. that's competitive with them. And so you need to get that out of there. And, and as wide as you can, I know aesthetically, you know, you don't want to have a 20-foot wide bed for a shrub. But as far as the plant's concerned, the further the grass is away, the better. So don't just move it a foot away. Get further than that if you can. And then the mulch, yes, would do, would do a very good job for them. Well, that may solve a lot of problems. I'm going to give it a shot. Thank you for your time this morning. We're going to hope it does. And thank you for the call. And you feel free to call us back uh, as we go forward. We want to get these things growing and looking their best for you. I want to go out now to the Woodlands, and we're going to talk to Matt. Hello, Matt. Hey, good morning, Skip. I'm almost sorry to bug you with this, man, but I am <laughs> fighting a losing battle with uh Look to be field mice in my garden. They've destroyed everything save the cucumbers. Oh, boy. And I I feel like I've tried everything from ultrasonic, you know, solar-powered deals to, yeah. you know, homemade traps, traditional traps. Right. Uh, I just don't. I'm about to give up, man. I'm losing this one big time. All right. Well, don't give up. Um, there's a lot of devices out there. Majority of them don't work don't work well. Uh, I had, you know, the first time I ever noticed rodent problems in a garden, I had some broccoli and I went out and you know how broccoli has all the little tiny tight flower clusters on its head. It was like little flower clusters had been chewed off, but, but just the little round ball cluster flower on the ends. And I couldn't figure out what was doing that. And I kept watching it and looking at it. And finally, I realized it's rats coming in that are doing that at night. And I'd never had that problem before. So I, I understand how rats and mice can be a problem. What I would do if it were my garden is I would get some of those outdoor stations where they have bait. And it's a poison for the rats and mice. And you put them in. Sometimes they come in a weatherproof cover uh, so that you just set them out in the garden and don't worry about it. Uh, other times you may home make a little umbrella type something cover to keep them out of the rain. You want to keep your pets mm-hmm. away from them. And that's one of the nice things about these ones with the covers. They're designed so pets can't get the stuff out of them. But I would just put those out and always have fresh bait in them. You can buy the bait separate and refill them. Uh, and you're just going to have to stay after it because uh, they will go to that and it will be effective. Uh, but you need to you need to get them out there. You have to move them around a little bit to figure out where the best spot is. You know, sometimes those things okay. are running along the basement or the uh, uh, foundation of your house. You know, they kind of take that path around. You can kind of figure that out as you mess around with it. Okay, uh, well, I appreciate that advice. It's just uh, yeah, I'm about at my wits' end here. I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Var- varmint's no, thank you, no fun. You bet. Well, good luck with it, and keep us posted on on how that how, how that goes. Uh, you're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are here to answer your gardening questions. If you will give us a call at 
74. We will be glad to get you on the board. Uh, we're going to take a break here in a little bit. And uh, if you call during that time, Josh will get you up. So when we come back, you're going to be right in the big middle of the show. And we can, we can talk about what you're interested in. I always find the shows, although I like to drone on, I, can't, I admit that, uh, I find the shows are most interesting when you guys are calling and we can discuss the issues that you're having. And some of, sometimes you may feel a little bit like, hey, I'm not an expert, you know, and I don't want to call in and I don't uh, uh, I have a silly question. Don't worry about that. We, we can take care of you there. Let's run out real quick. We got about a minute and a half here. Danette, uh, good morning. And how can we help? Hi, I was calling about a flower bed that I want to redo again, mm-hmm. and I need to get some more soil for it. Okay. Uh, what kind of flowers do you want to grow? I want to grow the roses and the jasmines. Ah, good, good, good choice. You need to look for something that's called a rose blend, some sort of okay. a rose soil. There's some good ones out there. Uh, you know, you're out in uh, the Texas City area. You got you got some quality places. You can go to Funderburg's, the uh, the feed store we we're just talking okay. about a little bit, and uh, the League, uh-huh. League City Feed, for example, and so on. The, get a look for a rose soil. Tell them that's what you're looking for. If you need a whole lot, you can order it directly from one of the soil producers. Uh, we got we got some delivery uh-huh. abilities uh-huh. around here, but that will get you set up mm-hmm. to success. Okay. All right. And it's no. And it's no. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. Hey, thank you for the call, Danette. I appreciate that. I don't know what happened, but the phone's just lit up here in a minute. Uh, Those of you who are are talking to Josh and getting on the board, good for you. If you'd like to join them, 713-212-5874. 713-212-KTRH. Listening to Garden Line on a wonderful day for gardening. Indoors are out. Get as much as you can outdoors and have fun indoors in the process, too. We are available for calls. If we got two folks on the board, Helen and Marty, I'm about to get to you. Uh, if you would like to call and be on the board, 713-212-5874. 713-212-5874. Let's go out to Alvin first, and we are going to talk to Helen. Hello, Ellen. Helen, Helen, how are you? Yes, it's Helen. Thank you. Uh-huh. I, I have so many questions to ask you, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how, how many you want to limit me to. Well, let's dive in and we'll see how far we go. Okay. I have a, had a tree pop up in kind of my area. I have about um, three feet from the house to a sidewalk. And right there, a tree popped up like a year and a half ago, and it's already to the top of my roof. And I'd love to have it transplanted. Uh, Somebody said they thought it was a type of mulberry tree. Is it too late to transplant a tree? It's a little late. Uh, You could probably get by with it, but it'd be better to do it in the fall. That's the best time to do it, late fall and winter. Is oh, the best I, time. I know, yeah. but I, I, at 83, oh, I'm not okay. able to dig it out myself and to find someone to deep, de- uh, you know, dig down deep because the uh, bottom uh, uh-huh. stem or root or whatever right. is right up against the sidewalk. Well, Helen, uh, you can give it a try, but 
I'm going to advise against it. And here's okay. why. Number okay. one, digging a Should tree. Should I just leave it and wait till next year? I, I would not transplant it. And I know uh-huh. I know you call because you want to transplant, but I'm just I'm just being honest with you. Never mind. Uh-huh. It's going to be very hard to dig it out of there and get a good root system. Mulberry is it's a it's a decent tree, but it's not one that's going to add value to your property 20, 30, 40 years from now like a long lived quality tree will do. Plus, mulberries, I mean, you know, they have their pros, but they also can be a little bit messy. So that's just one other thing to consider. Okay. But you, you decide if you want to do it or not. I'm just telling you what I'd advise. Okay. The next thing is uh, the lawn. I lost uh, like almost half of my lawn to the drought because I couldn't get out and water it. Now, some some of the St. Augustine is coming back, but the other weeds are in. Mm-hmm. Would I have to try to chop up the weeds before I lay... Um, pallets of grass now? I would I would get rid of them either by spraying or by a little rototilling. If they're not too tall, if you've mowed them low, you can probably rototill. And, but in some ways, that doesn't really fully get rid of them. So usually I'll, I'll start with a, a, a spray to get rid of them. But then get that new sod down, but do it pretty soon. Get it done because you want it to have a lot of time to fill back in. And it, with proper care, it'll do that. Okay. The other question, a gentleman called about his peppers, that uh, he was losing the blooms. Yes. What degree did you say that uh, the peppers would do this? Well, Jen. If they drop below 60, 50? Below 60, we start to see some bloom set problems in peppers, especially bells. They're a little bit. The the hot peppers aren't as sensitive to that as the bells for some reason. Okay. Uh, We have a church community garden, and since I can't do anything, they asked me to purchase peppers, so we went down, and and I just wonder if we should put maybe uh, quart jars over them, if it's going to be below 60. Well, no, I wouldn't worry about that. We plant them when we plant them at the right time. We want to be well past the frost when it's warming up and they're more willing to grow. Well, they're planted. They yeah, were planted and, and so, two weeks ago. Yeah, and so typically we don't have that kind of temperature. By the time they've grown and they're really trying to set some fruit, it's warmed up a little bit more. So I don't I don't worry about that a lot. But I guess you know, if we were going to have an unusual cold spell, you could you could go ahead and do that. I, I generally I don't worry about it. I just let them keep going, and, and they're going to be fine most years. So, uh-huh. but, I see. but you could cover well, them if you felt like that. But you know, if a quart jar covers it, that's too small of a plant to worry about protecting. I mean, it the plant's going to survive, but that's too small for it to try to put a pepper on anyway. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you very much. And thank you very much for the call. Uh, Michelle and Marty, we see you guys out there. It, we are getting close enough to a break here where I'm going to not try to get started with you. If you will hang on, you will be the first that we come to. Marty, you're first, and then Michelle, you're right afterwards. We'll get to your questions. Our phone number, 713-212-5874. 713-212-KTRH. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Well, good Sunday morning. You're listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we're here to answer your gardening questions, which we are about to do in just a moment with Marty and with Michelle. If you'd like to be on the air, 
713-212-5874. Let's start by going out to Fairfield and talking to Marty. Hello, Marty. Good morning, Skip. I hope you're doing well. I um, have a question. You suggested not cutting our roses back all the way down to a third, but just as much as we thought would be good. And this is the first year my peace rose has actually had hundreds, fifties, twenties, a bunch of roses. And I'm so excited. But the problem is, though, that they're all doing the bud drop where they don't open. Okay. I guess that's what it's called. And I, I don't, one year I used Osmocote on the few that came out and it helped a little, but I just don't know what to do to make this poor little rose. It's happy now, but I don't know how to make them open. So the rose blooms are forming, but they're not opening up for you to see. Well, some of them are, but they're kind of um, uh, got a mildew not mildew it, it, they're kind of brown on the edges okay and some of them that don't open are brown on the edges all right so here, here's what's probably happening there is a petal blight it's a fungal disease that in wet conditions will affect the petals and when it when you have a bud and it's trying to swell up and open if the outer mm-hmm. petals are killed it's like they become a dried um restriction that keeps that bloom from opening properly. And I think that's what you're seeing. Now, there are other things that can affect roses. Certainly, thrips get inside, and peace is kind of a light-colored rose. You know, as you move to lighter color, we often see thrips, although they'll, they'll attack all kinds of colors of roses. But I think what you're looking at is a petal blight. So that can be prevented with a fungicide spray, uh, or just if you've got a sprinkler that's wetting the bushes, uh, then change to drip irrigation or you know redirect it so to keep from frequently wetting because that just makes the fungal blight kind of issues greater but uh if you if that's not the issue that you can control then i would consider a fungicidal spray uh especially when we're going through wet weather like let's say today that storm blows through and you get a little wet on your roses following that up with a fungicidal spray can help cut that down uh, reduce okay, that like problem. Uh, I would go with more of a of a regular fungicide. I'm going to have to look to see on that petal blight what the best ingredient would be. Because uh, I've me, never heard of yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, the Consan's more of a like a surface sterile kind of product, and that that's okay, okay. for some uses. Uh, I think we would probably want to go with something a little different. I'm going to have to look at that in another break here and see if I can come up with an actual ingredient for you. Uh, But if you go, uh, let's see, you're calling from up in the woodland. No, you're down in Fairfield. Fairfield. uh, Fairfield. Okay. Uh So you're real close to Plants for All Seasons and Arbor Gate. Very knowledgeable. If you go right down 249, you know, to RCW, all those places are going to be able to direct you to a product for that particular problem. And I I would do that because that way they're going to send you to something that they carry in the store. And if I give you a name of a chemical and you go and they don't have it, well, then we're kind of up a creek. So I trust all three of those places to not direct you wrong. On the, on this yeah, race. Beverly and uh, and Sherry both they can help me, I'm sure. But I just uh, I've never heard of it, so yeah. thank you very much. I will look into it. Yeah, well, just tell them you talked to me and uh, there was a petal blight, and you need something for that. But remember, you got to you know once the roses are brown on the outside, it's a little late to do anything. So you got to stay ahead of it, which usually means following the rain with the spray. Uh, if you did before the rain, the rain would wash it off. So you see what I'm saying. Gotcha. 
Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. All right, Marty. Thank you very okay. much for the call. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You, you too. It is good to talk to you. Uh, Michelle, we are about to hit a break time here. I tell you what, let's uh, let's go ahead, Michelle, and get started. And then I think you're going to have to hang in for break, after break for the answer. How about that? Sure. Good morning. How well, are you, sir? I'm well. Great. Um, so I have a, about a four-year-old elderberry tree. And the leaves started turning yellow. It's about six foot tall, so it's doing well. But then the leaves started turning yellow. So I thought, well, probably lacking iron. So I gave it some lime, and it turned nice and green. Now it's turning yellow again. So I don't know if I need to put more lime on. Um, You know. Go ahead. Yeah, Michelle, (laughs) I don't think the lime... Uh, I, I, the lime may it may have turned better after the lime, but I don't think that's what did it. Um, so yellowing of the leaves, it, it, if it's the young leaves, the newest growth, then yes. maybe that was the iron deficiency. And lime actually would probably work against you on that. Oh. Uh, so okay. I, I w- you would rather have the pH a little lower than higher if iron deficiency. I would find something called chelated iron. Now you're up in the area where you can get to A&A plants and they're going to probably have a chelated iron. I would call them, talk to Kathy there. Uh, Chelated iron releases iron slowly to keep that plant happy. Anytime you add compost, you're adding iron along with everything else because it's in the ingredient. Anytime you're enhancing your soil like that or an organic fertilizer in the soil, they're going to have all the different nutrients in them. But uh, the chelated iron directly, if it's the yellowing on the new growth. Okay. All right. What about it, on the old growth? Is if it's if it's on the old growth, I would look to, you know, it could be a lack of nitrogen, probably not on elderberry, uh, but it also could be a water problem in the soil, a temporary drought, uh, soggy wet okay. conditions can all cause yellowing on older growth, as well as a few other possibilities. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Skip. I appreciate you. All right. Good. Thank you for the call. Well, we got it done before break. You're listening to Garden Line. Write this down, 713-212-5874. KTRH Garden Line does not necessarily endorse any of the products or services advertised on this program. Welcome to KTRH Garden Line with Skip Richter. Show is milk, With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good Sunday morning. You are listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and our phone number. You need to write this down so you can give us a call. 713-212-5874. Nikki's talking about the weather and this rainstorm's going to blow through. So just think of it this way. The rain today is just going to freshen it up outside a little bit. And then you can head out for a wonderful uh, afternoon visiting with some of our uh, 
quality local garden centers. Maybe stop in at one of our feed stores. I love feed stores. It, it's it's always fun to get to go into a, a well-stocked feed store. Uh, maybe an Ace Hardware store. Uh, boy, once you're inside there, you kind of get a little bit of everything that you might need from plumbing to paint to, of course, all of the good gardening information and help. You know, spring is popping all over the place, and Lansdowne Moody is really hitting the ground running with a whole lot of Kubota spring deals. You can get a great buy on a compact or a a subcompact tractor, a full-size tractor. I mean, if you want to go all the way, fully enclosed cab, AC, GPS, even sound systems. My gosh, why would you ever leave the tractor cab? Uh, They have the attachments like mowers and loaders and backhoes. I mean... Everything you need to get done on your property, there's going to be a Kubota for that. Their L2501 is a best-selling tractor in Texas. Their B-Series tractors, it's a subcompact. And I'm telling you, those things are workhorses. Now, here's something you need to, you need to hear this. Stop a moment and listen. 100% financing on all new Kubota tractors for a limited time, only to June 30th. On a, in addition to 100% financing, zero APR. Forget this. It used to be. It was going to be 70 to 80 months with no money down. I mean, what what else can we say? Don't waste time. It only lasts to June 30th. You can go to KubotaUSA.com. But check out your Lansdowne Moody folks. They are all over the place. You're going to find Lansdowne Moody in several spots all around our area. Kubota and Lansdowne Moody. What a combination. I want to talk about uh, some things that are related to trees in a moment, but it looks like uh, we need to stop for a moment and go talk to Kevin in West Houston about a similar topic. Well, hello, Kevin. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. How can we help? Well, I have a Schumard oak, I believe. Okay. And uh, when I bought bought it uh, four or five years ago, it was a 20-gallon when I bought it, and it uh, it bloomed a couple of years. Well, then I bought an above-ground pool and some overspray from the chlorine got on one side, and, and it burned it. Mm-hmm. And so I just I tried some over-the-counter stuff, and it looked like it was dying. And it came back, but it looks weak on the north side. The all Everywhere else around it, it's growing. And uh, over time, it's starting to grow around the dead part. Right. But the dead part um, is kind of deep. And so I'm just kind of concerned that the core is going to be dead mm-hmm. as it grows. It's in the base right now, it's a good eight inches in diameter. Okay. And I was just wondering if y'all had any advice. Yeah, that's a good question. I would uh, I would check those branches and and what appears to be dead, just making sure they are. Uh, but that that could be, you know, it could be the chlorine issue. It could be some of uh, the freeze issues that we've had. Uh, maybe some of those branches were still actively growing when our December freeze hit and and hit them normal normally or un abnormally hard uh, that when normally a a regular uh, oak like that is going to survive it just fine. But I would just, I won't be extra sure before I take them out. But once you've determined, no, they're dry, they're brown underneath the bark, I'm, they, there's no life there, go ahead and cut them back uh, as far as you need to to get the dead out. And you're right, the living 
branches from the sides will eventually kind of work their way into that area. And you know, the oak tree doesn't have a brain and go, oh, I've got a gap over here. i got to fill it in. But what happens is branches shoot out in all directions from our shoots come out in all directions from branches. And so you're going to get some going that way and just encourage those. Uh, although that but, seems like a big hole but now. At, go ahead. But at the base, it's, it seems dead on the north side. Oh, and it's growing. It's growing around it. Oh, I see what you're talking about. So go in that, that open gap and any loose bark, anything like that, just kind of scrape it out of there, get it cleaned up. And where it says it's growing around it, it will eventually close back over. At the size your okay. tree is and the species of tree, the, the Schumard variety of, of red oak, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow fast, and it will close okay. that area over. So your number one goal right now is good, healthy growth. Try to avoid the, any more of the... You know, the chlorine kinds of issues and whatnot. But I would get a quality fertilizer for trees. There's a number of good options out there. Or even just a good lawn fertilizer used in that area on a tree like that. Because you're going to need to fertilize a large area. Keep the grass and weeds as far away as you can. Mulch it. And and I think that you're going to find that Schumard covers over pretty good. And I, I would not worry about it this early in the life of the tree. Now, if it was an old tree, just kind of barely hanging on, okay, you know, then it's probably not going to close over. But this tree is going okay. to have the vigor to do it. All right. Thank you. You bet, Kevin. Thank you for the call. You are listening to Garden Line. I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we are going to give you the phone number for you to write down and call because Josh will get you on the board. And when we come back from break, we can talk. 713 712-5874. 713-212-5874. Hopping along with Loggins and Messina right into our next segment. Here we go. We are going to head straight out to Magnolia, but first let me give you the number, 713-212-5874. Well, good morning, Bruno. What's up today? Well, um, I've got a vine problem. Uh, I have about seven acres in Magnolia, and, and a good portion of it is wooded, and there's uh, all kinds of vines growing everywhere, big large diameter green ones, and there's some wild muscadine grapes. I think they're domesticated ones, but mm-hmm. some unplanted are going everywhere. So I keep going through and, and clipping them, uh, but it, it seems like a lot of them are, are coming back. Uh, and uh, I, you know, looking online in YouTube, there's people that suggest wrapping a paper towel around it and, and, and yeah. coating it with uh, Roundup or something and putting right. a plastic bag over it. Okay. Thousands of vines. Yeah. I just can't do that. Right. Here's what you need to do, Bruno. You need to find a product with an ingredient called triclopyr, T-R-I-C-L-O-P-Y-R. It's in ranch products for brush control. It's in homeowner products for poison ivy and brush killer types of things. Triclopyr. Now, if you can... If you can cut the vine, if it's a, a sizable vine, you can cut it off and paint the fresh cut surface directly with the triclopyr. When I say paint, I mean, you know, use a little foam brush or something to put it on there. Or you can mix it with a vegetable oil 
and you can spray it on the sides of the vine, on the on the edges. Now, if you've got a lot of bark on the vine, that's not going to work as well, although the, the vegetable oil helps it soak in. I will sometimes take it like a weed eater and just kind of whack up the sides of the vine a little bit or take a little hatchet or a, a machete type thing and make some little downward slices into the sides to wound it. That helps that ingredient to, to stick and to get into the vine. But that is going to be the fastest way to cover acreage and get rid of your vines. All right. Uh, what ratio of oil to uh, that uh, poison should I be using? I, I'm going to, uh, it depends on the vine you're going after, but if you will look, do a, a Google search for brush busters and uh, let's say Texas A&M AgriLife, that is a, a program that used to be available online. I don't see as many of the publications, but if you search for that, it'll link you to that kind of information. And so there'll be a brush busters for, you know, this particular weed or that particular weed that you're dealing with. But there's a information on what's called a cut stump treatment, and then there's a basal spray and the basal spray is where you have the diesel and it'll tell you the ratio to mix with the triclopyr so that the the oil i said diesel it could be diesel oil or it could be vegetable oil where it'll help it soak in and hang on and then the product will do it uh, will do its trick and it's very effective all, all right. right thank you very much well good luck with that i appreciate the call thank you so much for calling today uh, our phone number is 713 212 5874. We are in our last segment until next Saturday. So if you want to talk gardening, you need to hop on the lines now uh, so we can see what you're interested in and discuss it. Let's go out to Katie now, and we're going to visit with Rick. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Skip. Uh, Say we just bought a house, uh, a new build, and the builder put in uh, the, the backyard and front yard, but the backyard is a problem uh, and he didn't use any topsoil um, and it just looks it's just like impossible to keep enough water on it and uh, about a third of it looks dead yeah. no matter how much water I put on it is is that a custom here? I came from <laughs> San Antonio I mean is that a custom not to use topsoil? Well it's it happens in a lot of places and sometimes they they bring in a soil uh some areas if you're in san antonio or up in the uh, austin area i was there and we used to call it red death they would bring in this red soil that just was horrible for plants but you know builders are interested in the houses and they're interested in plopping some plants down and heading down the road to build another house and then you're left oftentimes with the results and that's what you're dealing with and there's not a great a great answer for that what i'm going to recommend is that you build your beds up with a quality store-bought bed mix and you can have those delivered in bulk uh, i would spread a little like let's say you want to do a rose bed or a flower bed over here i would spread a little on the ground rototill spade mix whatever it in to kind of break that interface between the crummy soil and the great stuff you're putting down and then add more to it on top so you sort of blend out that transition from the quality bed mix like a rose soil into the soil that you have i mean you're not going to excavate the whole soil on all the property and bring in all new soil and you don't really have to uh, now for your lawn you can do a similar kind of thing where you add some composted materials down to it uh, and then move into the nutrients and fertilizers that are going to get those elements in that your lawn grass is going to need
need. But I think that's going to be your best bet, and I would strongly recommend you spend a dollar on the brown stuff before you go spending a lot more money on green stuff, meaning the plants that you're putting in. Because to put a plant into that kind of condition, it's just a recipe for a long-term disappointment. And so let's get that soil fixed, and then all the wonderful plants you want can go in it, and they're going to thrive for you. Okay, they're going to replace the sod this week. Okay. Should I demand that they use rip this up and put in topsoil? I mean, well, the, you know, that, that'll come at a cost, putting in some topsoil, and you're going to need to bring in quite a bit to make a big difference on it. I probably would go in with a blend, maybe a soil with some compost-type material blend, have them mix it in really well. So this is a new construction, right? Yeah. Okay. So you don't got you don't have tree roots all over the place. So they they can run a, a rototiller over a large area and break it up a little bit, get it leveled out right, and then put the sod in on top of it. That'd be ideal. If you just need to go straight in, you, I would at least put a little bit of a compost down and mix it in to create a good a good foundation to have that topsoil sit on and go in. Then just watch your watering. Keep it moist but not too wet. And you hear us talk fertilizers every day on Garden Line, and you do need a good lawn fertilizer. I would let the lawn uh, have about two weeks to root in before you start fertilizing, because it's not going to have the roots to take up the nutrient, and then begin your summer fertilization regimen uh, to give it the best chance. Yeah, I already started fertilizing here uh, to try and bring this back, and it helped a little bit, but... Yeah. It looks like it's never going to be a lush yard. It just it just looks like it's it's just struggling too much, and the weeds are winning on the yeah yeah the yeah, we, the just, weeds are just a sign that your lawn is not doing what it should do. That that's true. One other thing, Rick, you might consider, and don't do this right after you lay the sod. It needs to be rooted in well, but you might try a core aeration with a compost top dressing. And that basically means they're pulling plugs out of the soil and dropping them on the surface. That's what a core aeration is. And it works It works really, really well. And then you finish that with compost on top. Now, you can, you can do some of that yourself, or you can call a company like Green Pro. They advertise with us. They do it. That's what they do. They're very skilled at it. They got the equipment to do it. But whether it's a do-it-yourself or hiring someone like that to come in, I think that's going to help well. That's going to get oxygen in your soil. It's going to get organic matter in your soil. But just give your lawn at least two or three weeks to root in pretty well before you start the core aeration. Okay? Okay. Sounds great. All right. Thanks for the help. You bet. Thank you for the call. We're going to go to Archie in Pearland. Hey, Archie, we're bumping up close to a break, but let's see how much we can get done for a break. Okay. Morning, Skip. Good morning. Um, Back in October, I'd gone over to Germany to the Passion Play. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oktoberfest came back, and my backyard had just turned almost brown or yellowish green. 
And I called Randy, and he said, well, he said, I can't believe you'd let your yard get that way. And I said, well, you know, I've gone, and my brother didn't recognize what was going on. And I didn't know whether I had, you know, moths in the grass or whether it was something else. Mm -hmm. So he advised me to go out and get some organic compost, which I did, and I spread it all over the back. And uh, it's still, it, even though some of the grass is coming back, I've got so many weeds because yeah. my, my neighbor died. And that house has been vacant and the weeds are growing up because they're not caring for it. And I think I'm getting the weeds that are from that lot into my backyard now. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I've got, you know, I'm fighting a battle on several sides. Okay. So, um, and you talked about putting out micro life. I put sweet green out about six weeks ago. Okay. okay. And, uh, I'm wondering whether I should put out the micro life and the humates now or, or try to spray it all, uh, with something like, you know, weed beater for Southern lawns or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know. Well, you're thinking right, and th this is a complex question with a lot of moving parts. So what I'm going to do, if you'll hold on, we're going to take a break here. I will come back to you because I want to discuss why the lawn died in the first place. I want to discuss what's probably going on in it, and then some steps that are your next course of action to get it back to where you want it, okay? I can't, okay. I can't do that in 20 seconds, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hold on to you so you get a better answer. And uh, we'll okay. be right back. Thank you for hanging on, Archie. Hey, uh, we are uh, going to break. I'm your host. You tease. You tease. I, I want to hear every word of this well, answer. Also, when we come back, I'm going to tell you where to find a million dollars for no work or no trouble, and it's legal. Uh, how about that for getting listeners to hang around? 713-212-5874. Oh my gosh. That sounds like the national anthem of Lansdowne Moody Kubota. I had never thought about it that way before, but you just have to change a color from green. You need to change it to uh, Kubota colors. How about that? That's the way to go. Uh, well, let's see. We're going to talk some more about gardening today. If you want to talk with us, it's 713-212-5874. 713-212-5874. Let's go now out to Pearland and talk to Archie. Well, hello, Archie. Morning. Good morning. Where where were we? We were talking about your soil not being good and you wanting to get things going. You wanted to get it to looking good and all that kind of thing. So let me back up all the way uh, to the lawn died last, last summer. Last summer's drought was long, it was hot, and it was brutal, and there wasn't much rain, you know, to speak of in the in the process, of course. And our lawns took a good hit. And even if they didn't get killed by the drought, especially St. Augustine lawns were, were significantly weakened to allow the take-all organism in. And I have seen so many lawns that were struggling with take-all root rot. And it, it is a disease that flat kills grass. Now, we can recover from it. and But what we need to do, there are certainly fungicides that will fight take-all. But to get that plant system healthy again i would definitely go back to what i said before that's the the deep deep tine core aeration with a compost top dressing i would use a quality product a, you know a microlife kind of product put out there on it get that up around the roots and normally we would say 624 uh the green bag for your lawn mm -hmm. this is a case where i would i would use their acidifying six 
two four. That's not going to no. turn high pH into low pH overnight, but it just moves it in that direction. And that organism, take all root rot organisms, is not like acidifying conditions. So everything you do to move it in that direction is going to help. And then you get those nutrients released over time. So where where do we go from there with your question? Well, I mean that. You know, I, I was, again, I mean, I'm, right now I've got a lot of different weeds out there, and a lot of it's dollar weed. Okay. And and uh, and I'm I'm not even sure if the if the uh, you know the the weed beater for southern lawns will even knock out dollar weed. Uh, it, it'll do a pretty good job of it. There's there's a couple of uh, products that are going to give you that kind of that kind of control. You're done in Pearlands or you're near Pearland Ace Hardware. They're, they're going to have a oh, yeah. wide variety of those. Oh, and you need to go to John talk to them. First name business. Very good. Well, they know what they're talking about <laughs> in there. And they're, you want to hit that dollar weed, but let's get that done ASAP because it's going to be up in the mid-80s pretty soon. And after that, we right. kind of want to stay away from those products. But that's perennial, so you got to get rid of it. Okay? Okay. So yeah. you're, you're basically saying... I need I need to do the uh, core aeration. I, I would do number one. I'd control the diseases and I mean the uh, um, dollar weed and perennial weeds and things like that. I would I would follow that after it's had time to kind of have a few days to move in. I would follow that with core aeration and then the compost top dressing, uh, as well as the fertilization that we talked about. What about azomite? Azomite would be good too. You need those nutrients. They're the microbes See, and stuff. So, stuff. I mean, well, then go to town. I mean, let's let's do all of that. Let's get it going, yep. and hopefully have some really good results. Because you need to have a beautiful green lawn that you can appreciate. Oh yeah, it's all my roses. That's it. There you go. <laughs> uh, between Bob out there at Southwest Fertilizer and John here at Ace, so I've oh my I've got gosh, pretty much everything I need. <laughs> they. I mean, they have everything you can imagine from your lawn, your garden, you name it. You, if you can't find right. it there, you don't need it. That's right. All right. Good to talk to have you, Archie. Day. You right. bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Garden Line, and I'm your host, Skip Richter, and we're here to talk about gardening. Now, we last until 10 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. So what does that mean? Well, that means in about another, by the time I come back, about another 15 minutes or less, uh, we're going to be done for the day. So if you would like to be on the air, talk to me about any kinds of questions you have, 713-212-5874. Here's your shot until next Saturday. We look forward to talking to you. Just tell Josh, let's get on the board and go. And he says, got a little bit of uh, Taylor Swift crazy time going on right now. Everybody's excited about going out to Taylor Swift. I just have to tell you, though, I knew Taylor Swift when Taylor Swift wasn't cool. And when I say I knew, okay, I'm stretching it. I went to a Brad Paisley concert, (laughs) who is one of my favorite artists, uh, in New Braunfels, Texas, and Taylor Swift was backup singer back in that day. That tells you how far back that was. I believe she's gotten a little more famous than Brad Paisley in the meantime. So there's a little Taylor Swift for those of you who are looking forward and excited about all the Taylor Swift happenings going on around town right now. You're listening to Garden Line. I am your host, Skip Richter. 
Uh, I am excited to talk about gardening. I love to visit with gardeners. So if you got a question, you give us a quick call, and we will try to get you here on the boards. Uh, looks like, Chuck, I believe we lost you there. Uh, so if you want to call right back in, we will try to get you on the board. Uh, not a lot of time left, but sure would like to not have it wait so long uh, as next Saturday when we will be back going strong again here. By the way, I need, speaking of next Saturday, I need you to write this down. Saturday, April 29th, K&M Ace Hardware in Kingwood, 1130 a.m., to 1.30 p.m. I'll be there. I'll make an appearance. Come visit. Let's talk. I'd love to meet you. Bring me your tired, your weary, your huddled plant masses yearning to have somebody recommend some way to help save them, and I'll do that. If you've got some plant pictures on your phone, maybe landscape pictures, we can talk about that. By the way, Ace Hardwares are all over the Houston area, 39 of them. I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting an Ace Hardware. AceHardware.com is where you can find every ace hardware around the houston area that you can go to get all these things we keep talking about that they carry and just walk into one and wander around a while and you'll be amazed it's like oh i could get that here i didn't know that that's what you're going to find and especially when it comes to gardening products but next saturday k&m ace in kingwood 11:30 a.m to 1:30 p.m please show up if you live in that area i'd love to meet you and see how we can help you have a more beautiful lawn and a bountiful landscape. Right now, we're going to jump out to Matagorda and talk to Ira. Good morning, Ira. How are you doing, sir? Very quickly, uh, the name escapes me, but it's a granulated product like gravel. You incorporate it into the soil. It's at the better places. Uh, uh, Force in nature water disperses and gathers in the bank and uh, use it uh, as it needs. Is that name ring a bell? Can you come Frank? It absolutely. It, it absolutely does. You're describing expanded shale. This is a product that's mined, it's mined yeah. out of the ground as shale, and then they yeah. superheat it with extremely hot steam, and it causes those shale particles to expand. So the way I describe yeah. it is, yeah, if you got a little magnifier, it'd be like you were looking at that that uh, uh, what is it, a volcanic rock that used to be on barbecue pits, you know, for for whatnot. It yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, it creates well, holes and sp- spaces. And microbes live in there. It holds moisture, and, and it because it's a shale, essentially a little rock type product. It stays that yeah, way. You know, yeah. com- compost will accomplish those things, but compost decomposes away. And shale is the way when you have a heavy clay soil. But here's the thing, Ira: you need to put down about three or four inches of it if you really want to improve. Been, I, yeah, I've, I've been using this for two years. Right but now, I'm going to incorporate a new. Uh, a fence or a place to plant, and I'm going to get this right. I'm going to use the road soil. I'm going to do all that. I might even put some all that, uh, it's not gypsum, but uh, it's damn near like lime. Okay. Uh, dusting of that and, and stir it up in the in the black, specifically black gumbo. Yeah. And then uh, do the shale with the rose food. That's not the rose food, the rose soil. Okay. So um, that's really what I want for my question. Well, you're, Is it cool uh, to use a, quite a bit of that? I like it. I, I even have flowers growing down there with the shell and very minimal soil. Okay. You know, it does. Really well, if, you, if you've got a heavy clay, 
then the expanded shale is what you need to put down. And I would mix it in well. Then if you want to come in, put some rose soil on it and mix it in as well. And then even add more straight rose soil on top to just grow in. I always like to, to change that. You know, if you have a heavy clay and you go immediately to a quality mix like rose soil, well, that's an interface there. And I like to blend that. So that's why I lay a little bit of it down, mix it in with what's below, and then lay more of it down. And that kind of creates a more gradual interface. And I think long-term, you're just going to have good luck with it. Sounds like, Ira, you're off on a good start. You got all the right ideas. So uh, cool, thank you. No, I picked that other incorporating up earlier in your show. Okay. You mentioned it. Uh, I'd do that myself. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you calling into the show. Uh, you are listening to Garden Line, and we're about to head to put this one in the books. Uh, the uh, show will be back next Saturday morning from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And it'll be on Sunday morning for 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Now, I try to remember to tell you all this, but when you get up and you're listening to Garden Line, because I know every faithfully, right, every day you're there at 6 a.m., I'm going to believe that. (laughs) When you get up and do that and you look over and you see your neighbors and the house is still dark, you need to go bang on the door and tell them they're missing garden line. They will thank you. Not that day. I promise they won't thank you that day. But eventually, if they start listening to garden line, they will rise up and call you blessed. So (laughs) tell your neighbors about garden line, maybe before 6 a.m. But either way, we want to help them have a good lawn. If you got a neighbor that just, you know, I mean, it's it's an eyesore to look across the street. You know what I'm talking. You know who I'm talking about. Well, you need to tell them about Garden Line too. We can help get them off to a good start. Our whole purpose of being here on the air is for you to be able to have a more beautiful garden, a more bountiful landscape, gorgeous lawn, to avoid the common problems people make when they plant the wrong plants, they don't prepare the soil, they put the wrong kinds of products on, uh, and that's what we're here for. We save you money right? Save you money by helping you have success with what you're doing. So I hope that you will tell folks about it. We're also available, by the way, by podcast. So if you miss a show, or even though I keep saying, have a pen and paper handy when you listen to the show, you didn't. And it's like, oh, what was that product you talked about? Check out the podcast. You'll be able to hear us about it on there. And so I look forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week. We're going to get a little rain blowing through today. Don't let that hamper you. Just, you know, get ready to go because the sun is coming out and it's a good day to get out and visit your garden centers. It's a good day to get out and put that fertilizer down on your lawn. Uh, You know, you never know how much it's going to rain. So my preference is to not put the fertilizer down before a rain because if you have a gully washer, you end up losing a lot of it. Uh, But to put it down and then turn on the sprinklers for about a half inch of rain, rain equivalent, and water that nutrient down into the soil. Certainly that's true if you're putting on a pre-emergent too. you got to get it down just into the soil surface where it can do what it's going to do for you. Look forward to talking to you next week again on Garden Line. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.